0: We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, we seek blessings upon the prophet, may peace be upon him. Okay, so we're noticing attendance is dwindling down to just a handful of people. Well, let's see what it's like back on Monday, inshallah. So maybe you're you're the last remaining survivors of, of the class. In any case, we are now entering the next ayah of Surah Al Fatiha, and so that you can get a look at it, let's uh, do the first screen share of the day. So, yesterday we looked at it is you alone we worship. And we spoke of four meanings of that. We worship only you. We will worship only you. We do not worship anyone else. We will not worship anyone else. And then you, we ask for help. It is you, we will ask for help, and so forth and so on. And then uh, uh, we also connected the, this ayah to what came before it, that if Allah is master, then naturally we are going to be servants. If he is the sovereign, then naturally he is going to be the one that, that we worship, that we give our ultimate service to. And then we can even take it further. We're saying that if he is so merciful that mercy is mentioned so much, then naturally he'll be the one that we ask for help. And then we connected this to what came after it. What are we really seeking guidance or help on? Guidance. That only Allah provides guidance. Everything else is a vessel for guidance, is a conduit for guidance. So the prophet peace be upon him and the Quran are the primary vessels of guidance. And so what is the goal of the Muslim? The Muslim's goal is to be the messenger of the messenger. So the messenger himself peace be upon him is the messenger of Allah. And by extension, we are the messengers of the messenger. And once again, I want us to think about this person-to-person connection that's so central is this idea of connection. So every one of us is not only a messenger of Allah, in the same way that the messenger, peace be upon him, is a representative of the message, so too are each and every one of us, which means there's a standard of conduct that each and every one of us must have. Uh, whether we are in public space or private space, there's a standard of conduct that is an obligation upon us. Otherwise, we are insulting the one that we are the messengers of. So bringing us, and then we also spoke regarding uh, asking for help. We spoke of levels of faith. One I called the level, for now, I called the level of physics. And then another one was was essentially that Allah is controlling all. And the third one is where everything is, is. Uh, uh connecting to Allah, so to speak, now we get to guide us on the straight path. Okay. so first a couple uh, uh, simple questions and feel free to unmute your unmute your mic or or uh, or or type it in the chat box. Forget Islam for a moment, and when you hear the term, Straight path. So for example, like in GPS. What comes to mind? Straight path as opposed to something else or what have you. What do you think of when you think of straight path? Feel free to type it in the box or say it. It'll be faster, of course, if you say it. Anyone. Okay, uh, I'm not able to hear you, uh, Amirza. Are other people able to hear you? Can people hear Amirza speaking? No, nobody can. Okay. So a lot of really good answers, Mashallah. What do we got here? Pathway to heaven, I imagine an avenue that leads that is free of obstacles or any complicated directions, yes. Pathway to heaven, yes. A destination, very important. The shortest and fastest route of where you want to get to, absolutely. Uh, let's see, straight path to Jannah. Yeah. Uh, mentioned in Surah Fatiha, okay, I just said, right. So so we have a couple of points here. <clears throat> Straight path relate to what many of you have mentioned, the easiest way. What else? We have movement and destination. And so what else do we have here that we can infer that there are crooked paths? And what about them? They're probably going to be more difficult. May not get you to your destination. So, so then, what we're saying here is that the way you so the other day we mentioned that the way you imagine Allah will influence how you hold on. the way you imagine Allah will influence how you uh, uh, perceive of what happens in your life. Right? So we said that if you perceive of Allah as punisher, you're gonna see everything in your life as a punishment. If you if you perceive if you imagine Allah as merciful, you're gonna see everything as a type of mercy. And then another point we mentioned is so here, let's let's note some of these things down. How I perceive Allah has consequences on me. Likewise, how I perceive the day of judgment or how I imagine the day of judgment is going to affect how seriously I take it. And so the exercise I gave you is try to imagine it as real and as vivid as how you picture tomorrow morning or how you picture one hour from now, because it's going to be more vivid than the moment you're in right now. The moment you're in right now is gonna seem like an imagination to how real the day of judgment is going to be. And so this third issue we're talking about is how do I perceive Islam? How I perceive Islam is going to influence how I practice it. So many of us, when we perceive Islam, we perceive it as this big, heavy set of rules and obligations. And I'm suggesting to perceive Islam like what we just set up here. And another way to think about this is, which do you imagine to be easier? Life inside Islam or life outside Islam? So one way to, to think about this by way of metaphor or simile is that imagine uh physical fitness so physical fitness will include your diet it's going to include uh exercise like cardio weight training stretching all those things in the case of mirza it's going to include this thing he calls uh, oral posture and so so the point being that uh we have person number one who's going to skip all physical fitness i'm going to eat the way i want i'm going to live the way i want i'm going to sleep whatever way i want okay person number 2 is going to focus on physical fitness so they're going to be in control of their sleeping habits they're going to they're going to do they're going to be in control of their diet they're going to be in control they're going to work on all those different types of exercise we talked about they're going to work on their cardio they're going to work on their strength training they're going to work on their on their stretching and such so after a week who's going to be happier probably person number 1 the person who's going to do whatever they want after a year, who's probably going to be happier? Probably person number one uh, because they're just living the way they want. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to partake of whatever drugs I want. Anyone who tells me not to, they're they're a tyrant. This is me being my authentic self, right? Two years, three years, five years, 10 years down the road, you know it's going to happen. Person number one is going to be a complete mess. And person number two is going to be in great shape. And so, in the short run, life outside Islam is easier. We're saying in the long run, nothing compares. Good. Meaning religious life is going to be better than non-religious life in general, and we're saying this is the, the, the Islamic life. And, and so that's also the point about adulting, right? Uh, at this point in the school year, a lot of seniors come to me struggling with adulting. And what is one of the essences of adulting? It's basically taking responsibility for yourself. Every aspect of your life that you blame on someone else is a child speaking. Um, Adulting is taking responsibility for every aspect of your life, even those things that were outside of your control, because the world does not care. But what we've seen in our relationship with Allah Ta'ala is that Allah Ta'ala cares. And so he's given us this deen through which to navigate life. So what am I saying here? The way we are speaking about the straight path, try to Islam the same way. So when we're speaking of your choices, of your options, try to imagine Islam. In fact, I should use different colors here. Just to really hammer in the point, let's use green, the color of Islam. Okay. so. The way you imagine the straight path should be how you imagine Islam. If you imagine it as the easiest path, imagine Islam the same way, the most direct way. Imagine Islam the same way, as well as movement and a destination, as opposed to being aimless. But what am I saying? Once again, much of what the Qur'an focuses on is your thinking. And so we've been speaking about, you know, reevaluating what is the nature of our relationships, starting with our relationship with the law. You know, how do I, how do I evaluate, how do I regard the Day of Judgment? And now how do I regard this thing that we call it Islam? Yeah. Okay, so guide us on the straight path. And so going back to this ayah. So here's a question. If you go through the text of the surah, we already know that this is revealed by Allah to the Prophet, peace be upon him. But who is speaking to whom? Who's speaking in this surah and to whom are they speaking? How would you answer that question? And again, feel free to uh, unmute or to type in the chat box. In the name of Allah, the eternal in Rahmah, all praise and gratitude are due to Allah, the Rabb of all the worlds, the most in Rahmah, eternal in Rahmah, master of the day of judgment. You alone we worship, you alone we ask for help, guide us in the straight path. So, yes, we are speaking to Allah. So, the words are being given from Allah to us or Allah to the Prophet, peace be upon him, who then gave it to the companions, who then delivered it to everyone else. And we in in this text are are speaking to Allah. Uh, You and the ummah are speaking to to the ummah. The entirety of the ummah is speaking to to, uh, uh, Allah. Okay. (laughs) And I think I'm having technical difficulties again. Are you able to see a whiteboard? Yeah, okay, good. We are speaking to Allah. What's interesting is that in some places, Allah Ta'ala gives us a script on what to say, and all. Often he begins it by saying qul, say, qul Allahu qul a'udhu bi rabbil qul a'udhu bi rabbil qul ya ayyuhal kafirun, right? So there are many times in the Quran where Allah is giving us a script and he says, say the following. Here he doesn't begin by saying qul, and perhaps he's already understood this is something you're going to be saying, that we say in every single, uh, that we say in every single prayer. So we are speaking to Allah. And so once again, who is we? This is me and the Me. So even if I'm by myself, I'm still making this prayer on behalf of myself and the entire Ummah. Okay. And we also made the point yesterday that in terms of intention, I could include this to expand this to beyond, uh, beyond the Ummah as well. All right, so got us in a straight path. Now we define the straight path three ways. Defining the straight path One way, the path of those whom you have favored. Not of those on whom is anger. A okay, number three, nor the astray. Okay. So and this is coming straight from the surah itself and just so you can see it and we'll go back to the, the whiteboard right there. The path of those upon uh, upon whom you have bestowed favor, not of those who have evoked, For astray, Okay, so the last <clears throat> of the Quran to get some insights. So let me make a, another point here about understanding the Quran. So if I have questions that come from an ayah, what is the common direction to go? First is to look in the Quran itself. What are we saying? That the first place to look for answers to questions about the Quran is in the Quran itself. And we're going to see that in a moment. And then from there, to look in the Prophet, peace be upon him. And we have two terms here, one is a Sunnah, and another term is the Hadith. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Another is how do Arabs understand this? Important because the primary language of the Quran is in Arabic. So there might be Arabic speakers that a non-Arab might not understand. And the closer you can get to the to the hijazi dialect of Arabs, even better. And then we would go to our own intellect, our own reason, deriving things, developing a methodology for understanding and such. So, quick question: What is the difference between sunnah and hadith? Now, to be fair, some of this, the answer varies from school of law, school of law, but uh, okay, you're saying the connection is lagging. Can you hear me clearly right now, anyone? On your head, if you can hear me clearly. Yes, okay, okay. Aya, uh, let me know if, if it's cleared up for you. Okay, so what is the relationship or the difference between Sunnah and Hadith? Anyone? So, so asn't to answer your question, uh, replace understanding the Quran to tafsir the first source of tafsir is the quran itself okay. and the second sort source of tafsir is the prophet the third is arabs the fourth is, is intellect okay so hadith would be what we're going to call the raw materials and what are they they're listing anything and everything that is reported That the prophet said, peace be upon him, said, did or witnessed seeming to give approval. Now, what is this? The first one makes sense, anything he said. Anything at all that anyone's reporting that he said. Anything at all that's reported of anything he did, whether it's certain specific clothing he wore or a treaty that he's conducted, how did he pray, so forth and so on. And then (laughs) witness seeming to give approval means he didn't say anything he didn't do, but he's present meaning if he just did or shown it would be everything else. Category three would be essentially every time he's present, but he didn't say or do anything to give us the the impression that he did something wrong. Sunnah, there's a couple answers here, okay. Sunnah is, can be his repeated. Okay, let me take a step back. One answer to Sunnah is anything of the Prophet. So it could be everything that's in the Hadith literature. More commonly, it's his repeated actions. Or his repeated and prescribed actions. And what's the difference between number two and three? Number two is anything that he did on a regular basis, uh, but he may not have told us to do it. Repeated and prescribed actions would be he's doing it and he is telling us to do it. And we might extended it to any repeated and prescribed actions of the prophet. So let's see how we put this in simple language repeated and prescribed actions of the Prophet and the Sahaba. Prayers, the Rabi prayers. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, he prayed his Rabi prayers, his Tarawee prayers. Uh, uh, And then Omar, uh, years later, is the Khalifa. Omar is the Khalifa. And then in the mosque, he's seeing all these people are praying their Tarawee prayers individually and out loud. And it's becoming like this cacophony of people reciting over each other. And so then he unifies it as as a common prayer. Of course, right now we're in the quarantine, so it doesn't apply as much, but the point is that that's the Prophet and the Quran together. That if a companion is prescribing something wrong, other companions would call them out. So what is the most common? The most common would be these. The one for you and I to be most concerned about is where he is saying to do something. And then, by extension, the, the So this is a subtle difference. Sunnah, as we're going to discuss, of course, is often handed down person to person from generation to generation. Hadith are handed down from person to person, not necessarily the same as the way a community hands it down. Okay, that we'll talk about also a little bit later on. But now, going back to what we're talking about here, the Quran as a primary source for understanding the Quran we're looking elsewhere to see a passage about the straight path. So let's go to surah four. Rob.com, four, and it's around I-69. I'm just gonna do 72, make it easy for myself. Okay. Okay. So, and we find straight path. First definition of the straight path, obeying Allah and his messenger. So what does it mean to be on the straight path? How do I get onto the straight path? It's obeying Allah and his messenger. Now remember, we're defining this as the easiest way to live. And so for some of us, our reflex, our knee-jerk reaction is gonna be, okay, if I have to obey Allah this messenger, okay, that's already gonna be so much. And we're saying this is actually going to be the easiest way. That's a, in, a, uh, in a view I have to take control of for myself. Okay. And these are the people upon whom Allah has bestowed his favors. So what is the key to being on the straight path? Obedience of Allah and his messenger. And then you will find four types of people on the straight path. Nabiyeen. You will find the Prophet you will find the Siddiqs on the straight path will define each of these. The Shuhada, the martyrs, so Siddiq is often translated as the truthful ones, the martyrs, and then the upright. Okay. And then it says, these are the best of, of companions. Okay, these are such good companions. So we're gonna, we're gonna parse this, this ayah in, in just a moment. So let's take it piece by piece. Okay, so the straight path. And this messenger. This is a straight path. Who will you find? You'll find the prophets. Peace be upon them all. Nabiyeen Siddiqeen. So what is a Siddiq? A person who recognizes the truth when they see it and they embrace it. Embrace it. Okay, so Abu Bakr is titled a Siddiq. And there's a couple of reasons why he's titled a Siddiq. One is that the Prophet says, peace be upon him, he's reported to have said that everyone asked me questions, and I'm paraphrasing, everyone asked me questions prior to being, to everyone's prior to embracing Islam, except for Abu Bakr. When I presented it to him, he just went right in. He saw the truth and embraced it immediately. He was the fact It's <laughs> when the, you know, in the span of, once again, the time it takes for a chain to go like this, you know, the chain on a door, he, and it might've only been this much, uh, he goes to Jerusalem, he goes to all the levels of hell, he goes to the levels of heaven, and he has this, this meeting with Allah, and then he comes back. And, and what is, uh, and so there are people in Mecca, he's telling this, uh, the Prophet, is telling them what happened. And, and some people are saying, okay, this is just absolutely ridiculous. We cannot t- believe that he's claiming this, right? In, in, overnight, you did all this? And, and they go to Abu Bakr, and they say to Abu Bakr, can you believe what your friend is saying now? The friend being the prophet, peace be upon him. And Abu Bakr says, if he said it, then it's true. What did he say? So they explain the night journey. And Abu Bakr said, the Quran is more amazing than the night journey. Yeah. These words that are coming from the sky, this is more amazing than, than the night journey itself. And so he is called a Siddiq. He recognizes the truth when he sees it and he embraces it. This is a person you will find on the straight path, meaning a consequence of obeying Allah and his messenger is that you will start to think more, you'll have clarity. Then we said the Shaheed, the Shuhada. So we, we use the term marcher, Why do we use the term shaheed, which means permanent witness for a murder? What's the connection? And feel free to to type it out or to uh, say it. The hard part here is that this doesn't give me like three dots to let me know that people are typing like, uh, like iPhones do and such. And in essence, what we're saying, the martyr lives it. They walk the walk. So why do we use the term martyr for, for uh, uh, why do we use the truth in, in their life? The Shahid is bearing witness to it by giving up their whole life rather than giving up the truth. Okay. Uh, are y'all able to hear me still? Because it's telling me my, my internet is unstable. You've been able to hear me? Yeah, somebody nod? Yeah, okay. okay. They live it. They practice the it. So we might say... Uh, uh, uh Aya, Aya, Is it still choppy? Can you hear me? Anyone? Can you hear me now? Testing one, two, three. Can someone nod? Let me know you can hear me. Okay, so you're able to hear me now. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, good, good. So, salih, nabiyin, shuhada, salihin. So we're translating this as upright. In terms of character, more than this, what do we mean? This is a person who is so upright that people around them feel compelled to be upright in their conduct. So upright that people around them become upright. A martyr, we said a martyr is essentially, why do we use the word shaheed? Shaheed means to bear witness. A shahid this someone who witnessed shaheed is bearing witness permanently. And why do we use the term shaheed for martyr? We're saying that this person is willing to give up their ultimate possession rather than give up the truth. They're willing to give up their life rather than give up the truth. And thus we use the term shaheed for a martyr. And so in this context, what do we say? that this is the person who lives the, the obedience of Allah law and the messenger. They actually practice it. And then salih is someone who is so upright that people uh, behave uprightly when they're with them. And so a way to think about this is, uh, I, th- uh, I don't remember if we've given this example, but your friends, we have a teaching attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, that your friends are either like someone who is selling perfume or a blacksmith. You influence your friends, so your friends did what connections and relationships. Time with a perfume seller. Sooner or later, you're going to start smelling good. What happens if you spend time with the blacksmith? You're going to smell bad, and you're going to be covered up in soot. And so this is how your friends are to do a way to think about it. Ask yourself brutally on friends. Are you the perfume seller, or are you the blacksmith? Lagging again? OK, uh, 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 nod if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, uh, Sunna and Aya, um, is it is it still slow? What if I talk like this? Is it sound slow? That was me, yeah. Uh, on and off lagging, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's another window I can shut off to, to help with this. Um, more windows let's see inshallah if this helps to repeat point uh, are either like a perfume seller or a blacksmith if you spend time with a perfume seller you sooner or later are going to smell good if you spend time with a blacksmith sooner or later you're going to smell bad and you're going to be covered up in in soot And so the difficult question, but the important question for everyone to ask ourselves is, which one are we with our friends? Am I the the friend that is ultimately making everyone better? Or am I the friend that's making everyone nastier? And then likewise, what are my friends to me? The people that I spend my time with, are they compelling me to be upright or are they pulling me down? Okay. And sometimes that question, if the answer is blacksmith, sometimes we don't want to face that that, uh, that answer. So what are we saying here? That the sole is so upright that people on their own feel compelled to be more upright when they're with them. Okay. So if I am... <laughs> If I am on the straight path uh, or or if someone is obeying Allah and the messenger, uh, they will see an increase in clarity. This is especially right now in Ramadan. A lot of times by about this point in Ramadan and about a, about a week further into Ramadan, I'll have students that are complaining to me saying, you know, I feel like I'm just not getting anything out of this. Okay. But spirituality, sometimes we misdiagnose it and think spirituality is related to emotion or exhilaration. Like, oh, I feel so supercharged. I am having an Iman rush. Spirituality in our truth, it is seeing reality for what it is. And one of the physiological consequences of fact is, lagging again, Okay, let me know if I'm lagging now, still, still. Sorry, a lot of technical difficulties today. Uh, I, uh, am I still lagging? Can you repeat that part again? <laughs> okay. okay. Mashallah, this is the, the test of patience. Okay, so, so just to re- re- repeat the point, uh, we're saying that uh, at this point in, in Ramadan and over the course of the next week or so, students start complaining to me, saying they feel like they're not getting anything out of Ramadan. And in fact, here to, to, to help make the point further, often when we speak about spirituality, some people confuse it with intoxication. That's literally why alcohol is called spirits. If you go to Jewel, they'll say wine and spirits. Yeah. Or some people will call it exhilaration or think of exhilaration. So when you use a term like Iman Rush, uh, the real test is, has my behavior changed? Have my actions changed? Otherwise it's not really an Iman Rush, it's just a rush. This gets more philosophical, but some people speak of metaphysics. But what is it? It is clarity. Seeing reality for what it is. So one of the very common prayers that the prophet, peace be upon him, made was, oh Allah, show me the reality of things as they are. Be cautious about about making that prayer because you may not want to see the thing, reality of things as they are. So when you make a prayer, make sure you're ready for seeing things. <laughs> so what are we saying here is that one of the consequences of obeying Allah and his messenger is clarity. Another consequence of obeying Allah and his messenger is living Islam. Okay, and another consequence of obeying Allah's messenger is strong character. And so the end of the ayah also gave us a shortcut. One way to get these things The obvious way is to bail on his messenger. Another way is to put yourself in the company of the people who are doing it. Right. The last part of the ayah said, "You know, these are such good companions. These are such fantastic companions." And this gets into another point about adulting versus being a child. A child will often evaluate things according to how fun they are. Adulting will be focusing more on, how does this help me fulfill my priorities? Okay, so this uh, sums up our discussion for today. I'm sorry, we went way over time again. Our discussion uh, for today about guide us on the straight path. And then we've introduced the path of those whom you have favored. Um, Any questions about anything at all? And you should at this point, Santiago has this question, but doesn't look like Santiago's with us today. So if anyone wants to sit in for Santiago's good questions. Uh, What are the levels of Shahada? So I basically spoke of two types of Shahada, a Shahid and a Shahid. A Shahid would be someone who is living it in the moment. Shahid is with their whole life. And that's just a difference in Arabic. So uh, I had a question. Yes, Suheila. Um, Is it true that the people that are like dying with COVID, they're also, they're also um, like a Shaheed. Martyrs? That, yeah, they would also be martyrs. So the teaching of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is interesting because he says that when there is a plague and you stay at home, and I'm paraphrasing, and I can find the exact text of the hadith, but when, you st- uh, when there's a plague and you stay at home, because the prophet says, you know, when there's a plague, don't, don't go into that town. If you're in that town, don't leave it. Uh, and you are accepting the will of Allah, that okay, whatever Allah uh, wills to happen is going to happen to me. Then you are a, you get the reward of a martyr. What is interesting is that the Hadith doesn't say that if you die, so, oh. so is it fair to say that those of our loved ones who've passed away uh, because of this plague they're martyrs inshallah yes but those of us who've also chosen to to restrain ourselves i mean you might have to leave home for for food or for work or something but otherwise you've kept yourself at home inshallah you're getting the reward of a martyr okay those people who are on the west side partying what was that you know they, they call it like covid twerking or something bad move those people who are protesting taking off their 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 masks and thinking that they're doing their service to the country bad move if they protested and kept their masks on and social distance and said look government you're telling us to stay at home but you're not but you're cutting off our our food supply that doesn't work that would make sense but yeah that's the point point. and so i do find it fascinating that in the the, the narration it is often understood to mean if you die uh, but that is the point, I'm, the point I'm making is that that is not part of the text. Uh, Suha, if you have the, a picture of the Hadith, feel free to post it, okay, or you can send it to the MSA in group chat. If anyone would like a picture of the Hadith, send me an email, and then I'll get it from from uh, from uh, Suha. Uh, I, are you considered shaheed if you drown? There's a number of narrations where the Prophet uh, identifies people as, uh, as martyrs. Are they the seven same levels of martyr? That Allah knows best. So one, of course, is someone who was killed, in the way of Allah. Uh, another is a person who drowns. Another is a person, a woman who dies while giving, uh, while giving birth. Another is a person who, who dies from a stomach ailment. Uh, and then, of course, we have this person. So yeah. Any other questions? Now, in the context of what we're speaking about in this ayah, uh, we're not necessarily saying someone's dying, but the fact is that they're living the truth. Any other questions? Some of our, okay, thank you. For those of us uh, at school who finished, congratulations. Those of you who've not finished and surely you will. No other questions? All right, we will Uh, uh, tomorrow uh, uh, I don't know if you're typing uh, another word in there fighting in a war if you're fighting in a war fi sabi so if you're fighting in one of the common wars today you may or may not be a shahid fi sabi we hope that everyone gets paraphrased Um, But if you are fighting for truth, if you're fighting for the path of Allah, and you die in the process, then inshallah, definitely, yes. Uh, uh, But as you know, many of our wars are not that. Any other questions about anything at all? Okay. We'll try again, we'll stop right here, inshallah. Um, unless anyone else has some for last minute questions and we will otherwise continue tomorrow. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu ilaha illa anta nastaqfiruka on a two-week lake. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, oh Allah. Wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude to you. Nashhadu la ilaha illa anta, We bear witness, there is no God. And we turn to you, Ansa. Nastab Furuka. want lake. May Allah tell the you all, inshallah. And we will see you, inshallah, tomorrow. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.